Hello Church and welcome back to our series. Now we are in the series of Revelation for a short period. And a couple of weeks ago, we were learning about the church of Ephesus. And today we are going to go into the second church, which is the church of Smyrna. So before we start, let's pray. Father Lord, we just thank you for today. Thank you for this time. We can just gather as a church wherever we are to even just dig into your word, Lord Father. So today, I just pray for all of us that we will catch something fresh from you today, Lord. So thank you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wonderful. So, Smyrna. This place is actually a very, very beautiful city. In, in, in history, it used to be claimed as the place called Glory of Asia. And Smyrna was a great trade city. And today, I'm just going to give you a little bit of context on the history so that we can understand what the believers were going through at those times. So, politically, Smyrna was actually mainly led by the Roman Empire in the political realm. However, in the culturally, it's two cultures that go simultaneous. is the Roman culture and the Hellenistic culture, which is also the Greek culture. So, you'll be hearing some names that are sometimes Roman, sometimes Greek. Now, let's learn about the society a little bit. I'm going to use these three P's, okay? The first P is paganistic. It is a very paganistic society. What does it mean? Well, we'll know about it a little bit later. It is also polytheistic and pluralistic. So the first P, paganistic. What is paganistic? So this word pagan, we hear it quite a fair bit, but however, in those days, the word actually means a little bit different from what we understand today. So the word pagan actually comes from the word paganus, which is in Latin, meaning a villager or someone like staying in the outskirts, that kind of thing. But it is a demeaning word. Just like for today, like we will call people, you know, you come from the kampong, orang kampong. So it's, it's not a very nice uh, word to, to uh, label someone. But however, today pagan means as a group of people that have, uh, have a certain religion that is not part of the main world religion. So which means they are worshipping those ancient gods. And so in Smyrna, pagan worship was accepted as a norm. So which means there were various uh, 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 churches, uh, various temples rather, that worshipped different ancient gods. And this led to the existence of many gods, which leads me to my second key, polytheistic. Poly means many, and the theistic comes from the word theos, which means God, which means in total polytheistic means many gods. As I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Smyrna was filled with a lot of pagan worship, which means there were a lot of many gods. And it's very normal for uh, little places in Smyrna to have one god to represent an area. So in, in one area, there could be various uh, gods there. And each city will have a specific god. Let me just show you some of the names of the various temples and statues. There are so many, but I just want to give you an idea on the various gods that were there. There was a temple for Zeus, Athena, Sibele, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Hermes, Hestia, Dionysus, Eros, Hercules, and many more. These are all the various temples and also statues that were there. And clearly, we all know that all these temples are satanic temples. So imagine, just pause for a while and imagine that this is how Smyrna was. That everywhere you go, you see various temples. So a polytheistic culture. Something to take note is about Emperor Domitian. Huh? Who is this Emperor Domitian? At that point of time, he was Caesar. 
And then he demanded the people of the Roman Empire to worship him. Wow, so how does it work? They asked, uh, Emperor Domitian asked the people to worship him as a sign of loyalty to the Roman Empire. So how do they do it? Once a year, they would have to go and, and you know burn some incense at the altar to Caesar and proclaim this. They have to proclaim that Caesar is Lord. Everyone, Caesar is Lord. Caesar is Lord. And once they have fulfilled their duties in, in uh, worshipping Caesar, they will be given a certificate. A certificate to prove that they have uh, done their duties and then they can go about their daily chores. It is very important to note that this certificate actually helps them to do simple day-to-day -day tasks. For example, like just going to the store to buy food, to do certain daily duties. So imagine if you do not have a certificate, life will be a little bit tough for you. So it's a paganistic uh, culture, polytheistic, and the final P is a pluralistic culture. Pluralistic means it's an addition of all both paganistic and polytheistic, that they have many gods, many gods around there, and in the pluralistic culture, it means that all, all can worship and believe in whatever gods you want. It is fine. Worship your ancient gods, the new gods, whatever it is, is, is okay. But you cannot claim that yours is the one true God. You cannot. You have to accept every other gods that were made available there. This is where persecution starts because as Christians, right, today, we know that we can only proclaim that Christ is the one true God. So the, the, the believers in Smyrna, they were having trouble now because they said, oh no, I can't be worshipping all these other gods. Christ, Jesus is my one true God and I cannot proclaim that Caesar is Lord because only Jesus Christ is Lord. And you remember, if they do not proclaim that Caesar is Lord, they will not get their certificate. And that would make life very tough. Very, very tough. Because just imagine, you cannot buy your day-to-day -day things. And this is just a very simple example. So imagine now, living in such society. They are, not, they are, only not, they are not getting pressure just from the government, the Roman government, but also from society. When people look at them, that oh, these are believers, you know, they don't believe in our pagan God. They are saying that this is the one true God and all that. Imagine that kind of pressure that they had every day. It's not just a season, every day. This is the kind of persecution that they were going. And worse still, it's not just like this. To some, to an extent of martyrdom. Martyrdom. And imagine as they're going through all this persecution, one day, they receive this letter, which is in the Word of God, the letter in Revelation. So let's read it together. Okay, let's turn to Revelation chapter 2, verse 8 to 11. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These are the words of him who is the first and the last and who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, 
and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Uh, verse 11, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. Okay, now let's pause for a while for a moment. So imagine if you are now the believers in Smyrna and you receive this letter through in your persecution, through your hardships every day and you receive this letter from uh, Jesus and maybe Jesus was the original author of this. So imagine you get you get this and you would, first thing you would think that, oh, I think this is a letter, you know, Jesus is telling me that everything is okay, you know, a son, a daughter, you have gone through so much persecution and it's going to be okay. Your persecution is done. You can now rest. It is all over. No, that is not what the letter is all about. Yes, Jesus affirmed them. Jesus affirmed them that they are doing well. In the midst of persecution, they stood firm. They did not falter. They did not uh, follow the other pagan gods. They still stood firm and proclaimed that Jesus is Lord. But Jesus warned them. After saying that, well done, well done. Imagine getting a well done from Jesus. Wow, that would be something so affirming, so encouraging. However, Jesus said, well done, but get ready. More persecution is about to come. Wow. Imagine if, if I was in Smyrna at that point, if I was a believer then, how would I... A, a, a feel or how what, what, what kind of emotions will, will I be going through that all this persecution is already coming and now you're telling me more is about to come? Friends, we know that whatever is written in the Word of God is not just for that time. It applies to us today. And I believe very, very much in my heart, in my spirit, that this word, this letter to the church of Smyrna applies to us today. Everyone, not just you, even for me, it applies to all of us. Let's imagine for a second that today, you receive this exact same letter from Jesus. And it says the exact same things. that say, well done, you've been going through persecution and more is about to come. Imagine this. Okay, so now I want all of us to even allow Holy Spirit to even minister to all of us today. So with this, it brings me to these three what's. Okay, three what's today. The first what, what as in W-H-A-T, the first what is this. What fills you will fuel you. Let me say it again. What fills you, what fills you inside will fuel you. What fuel feels like, what you put in your car will fuel you to go to, to whatever needs to be done. So let's read Revelations 2 verse 9. It says that, I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Jesus knows what the believers were going through in Smyrna. Like we, we, we clearly understand that they were going through a lot of persecution. And he said that, hey, Though I know you're going through all this persecution and Jesus says that you are still rich. Rich in what? It's not that physical wealth because we know, right, without that certificate, the believers in the church of Smyrna, they cannot go about their daily things, even wanting to invest and all those. There were so much things that they cannot do. But Jesus said that you are rich. What were they rich in? They were rich 
in their faith in Christ. Because no matter what came their way, they stood firm. I want everyone to say, they stood firm. Okay, say in your home, say in your rooms, wherever, and also type it in. Say that they stood firm in Christ. Okay, that's right. So today, we have been hearing the word persecution a lot, but I'm going to change this word persecution to something that we can probably understand a little bit better because, well, in all honesty, we are not really persecuted that much today in, in Malaysia. Uh, yes, for other countries, uh, they do go through certain persecution much worse than us, but today, I'm just going to change this word persecution to crushing, okay? Crushing. In the crushings that you are going through today, what fuels you to keep you going? So just imagine this, like a balloon. You can fill a balloon with water, you can fill a balloon with helium, but at the end of the day, what fills the balloon will determine how the balloon will react. Today, what fuels you? What is filling you? And what fuels you to go on? Where are you getting your strength to push on the crushings in your life? Where are you getting it from? Are you getting it from people? People that say that, hey, you know, you can do it. You can use your own experience. Let me tell you what, you're going through all this problem. I'm going to advise you to invest in this, you know, go for this talk, go for this motivational talk or learn about this. That is good. It is not wrong. But is it just purely on that? Do not be fooled by the lies of the evil one that says that, you know what? You can go, go through life. You can go through your crushing. You can go through the things of the world without God. Feel it. Feel your life with everything else but God. It's okay. You have the experience. You have the skill. You have your support from your friends. It is enough. Friends, can I just humbly say, do not be fooled by them. Because why? In this letter, it says that more is about to come. And we need Jesus when that time comes. What is coming, I honestly do not know. But more is about to come. But even let me just take a few steps back. That if you feel that right now, you're almost at your limit already. You feel that you're, you're not, uh, life is like you, you want to explode. Imagine like you are this balloon and you want to explode already. You, you can't seem to push on. Maybe the question is this. Are you filling your life with Jesus, with the right things? It's something for all of us to ponder, even myself to ponder at times. Am I filling my life with the right fuel? Friends, can I just encourage you? Go back. Go back to the feet of Jesus. Put your hope in Him. Psalms, Psalms 33 verse 20 says this, We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Our help and our shield. Again, what fills you will fuel you for whatever is to come. That is my first what. My second what is this. What doesn't kill you 
makes you stronger. Yes, it comes from that song, What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger. But I believe it is very apt and very uh, 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 ngam in that sense, how Chinese people say, very ngam with this timing. Let's read together. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you. And you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, even to the point of death. And I will give you life as your victor's crown. Amen. So at that point of time, Jesus is warning the people that, hey, more persecution is about to happen. And that even though you're already persecuted, well done, you did not fall away, you did not falter, you stood firm, but more seems to be coming their way. And if for us today, many of us are already crushed to a certain extent, we can't, we feel that uh, with all the situation happening around us in the world, in the world, it makes like life so tough. And what more, just in Malaysia, let's not look in the world even, just look in Malaysia, there's so many uncertainties that SOPs, rules are just changing almost every day on maybe even every few hours, a new SOP comes out. It makes life so uncertain. You just feel crushed. Like one moment I, I, I take one step forward and then the next moment I'm taking two steps back. It's like, what is happening with my life? This crushing doesn't seem to end and it is getting even worse. I've heard friends, personal friends of mine who are in the tourism industry that, you know, they're losing their job. They're just finding ways on how they can just keep their business afloat. I read in the news, aviation, in the avian, aviation industry, that some of these pilots have no choice but to start an F&B business, selling burgers and all these kind of things. And some of you are going through a certain crushing of your health that you know some of you may even have uh, uh, contracted COVID even or even close friends and you just feel, why? Why Why am I getting this? I am such a healthy person. Why am I getting all this sickness? And then not only that, with all these things, your family might be shaken. Problems arise even more. These crushings in life never seem to end. And God is now saying to you, friends, more is about to come. What? More? I, I really cannot take all this. And you're just saying more is about to come? And pro we probably ask ourselves, why does this enemy, why does this prison that I'm in not go away? I cannot take it. I cannot take it. I just, uh, this crushing is just too much. I cannot bear it anymore. That is probably some of the cries that all of you have, even this very moment. Recently, I've been reading this book entitled The Necessity of an Enemy by Ron Carpenter Jr. Okay, this book speaks about the enemies that God has allowed to be placed in our lives. Okay, I'm going to read this quote. Okay, what does it say? Okay, I'm just going to go to this first page where it says, An enemy arising in your life is an announcement that the next stage of your future is about to be born. Let me read it again. An enemy arising in your life is an announcement that the next stage of your future is about to be born. This means that all of us, when we see a crushing or a, a, a struggle that's in front of us, it means that we have gone through a certain season in our life that brought us to today 
to announce that a new chapter is about to begin. It is a mark of a new beginning of your life, a new chapter in your life. But the key is this, provided we successfully overcome that stage. That is why God allowed this uh, 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 situation to come before you because it is to see whether can you pass it well because if you do, we will go into the next chapter and the next phase of our life. In the Bible, David had to deal with his enemy, Goliath, right? Before he became king. Goliath at that at the point of time was taunting the Israelite army for about 40 days. So there was a period of waiting before uh, uh, David overcame Goliath. Joseph had to deal with being betrayed, being imprisoned for, uh, before he became the prime minister of Egypt or the second most powerful person in Egypt. Joseph had to endure about 13 years of imprisonment before he could go into the next chapter. So David and Joseph, these are just two examples in the Bible of David and Joseph that they had to endure their own versions of their enemies and imprisonment before their new, their, their new chapter began. For me as well, personally, I went through a season in my life that I, I could not understand that actually propelled me to go into my next chapter in my life. In July 2018, that's about three years ago, about three years ago, what happened is this. So uh, I was preparing to get married, okay? Uh, at that point of time, you know, doing all, there's so much preparation in, just to get married. So uh, yeah, so at that point, it was a very fun time preparing for marriage. And we heard uh, advices from friends to say that, you know, before you get married, you should do your a physical test, you know, to just check how is your body, whether uh, your whole DNA, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but the whole idea is you're supposed to check how compatible are you with the uh, with your partner in terms of your whole body chemistry and all that. So I did it. So I, I went to check, I went to Pantai Hospital to check and, and also because I had a little uh, history in many years ago when I was um, in my teenage years that I just did a little uh, check on my liver because at that point of time, it was just a blood test and then the liver results, the enzyme was not very good but that. Uh, so I, I just took some vitamins and then the doctor assured me, you know, your liver, uh, it, it will repair itself. And so, so I just left it as it is. So for maybe more than 10 to 15 years, I did not do anything. And then it came to 2018 that I decided to do my full body checkup. So when I went to the hospital, uh, so the doctor just did a little physical, you know, he just touched me, uh, touched my, my abdomen everywhere. And then he just looked at me and said, um, Jeremy, um, you don't feel like uh, discomfort or anything, right? Uh, is, do you feel anything wrong? I said, mm, no, feels very normal. Uh, and I said, I you need to go for an MRI and an ultra scan immediately. So I'm like, okay. Uh, so I went. I went for the MRI and scan and then the doctor, as he was scanning me, he just looked at me, there was this puzzling look on his face. And then uh, I asked him, is there anything wrong, doctor? And he said, um, there is, there's something in your liver that doesn't seem, that is not supposed to be there. You have a tumor. Um, huh? A tumor in my liver? And they say, uh, anything more? Can, doctor, can you tell me more? Uh, so he said, uh, uh, I will leave the, I leave all the news to your doctor. So he was just the person to, to scan. So he said, go back to your doctor and he will explain everything. So immediately I went to the doctor um, and he checked 
So this is the liver doctor. He said, uh, Jeremy, you really didn't feel anything at all. No, you have a huge tumor in your liver. Huge, what do you mean by huge? He said, well, in case like your case, normally about 3 cm is considered okay. 5 cm to about 7 cm is considered big. Yours is about 15 cm. Um, 15 cm. So just for an idea, it is the size of like a tuckro ball, something like this in my liver, something like this. And I just was like, huh? I, I just cannot believe it at that point of time. And then he said, Jeremy, you need to go for an immediate surgery because it is very dangerous already. So that's what I did. Uh, so within uh, one week, I went for surgery and everything was taken out. You know, the, the surgery went very smoothly. And then he said, uh, after my surgery, I was resting for about a couple of days and then I came up and then the doctor said, Jeremy, you know, everything is well. So good that the tumor was, uh, was taken out. So right now, I'm going to show you the picture of the tumor. This is a real picture. So if you are a bit girly with all this kind of picture, just look away. I'm just going to show it to you. So this is the tumor that was taken out from my body. And then the doctor said, Jeremy, you were very lucky because your tumor has expanded so big, like a balloon. It's expanded so big that the membrane is so thin that it could break at any moment. And even a slight little hit or whatever it is could make it burst. And I was thinking, wow, you know, I'm in the children's ministry. The children normally just will run and all that and, and hit me. You know, children's height is about here. Well, imagine if they were to hit me and then it just ruptures. Or not only that, I, I you know, I play football and all those, you know, the ball hit you. Oh, so many uh, occasion situations that I could just, uh, uh, that could allow that tumor to rupture. And not only that, this was in July 2018, right? I was supposed to go diving to get my diving license two months later. If I were to go underwater with that tumor that already has a thin membrane, it would just rupture immediately. And the doctor said that if you do not see, uh, if you are not in a hospital within 20 minutes and being diagnosed to know what is the issue, Jeremy, you'll be dead. So I'm like, wow. To me, that is, that news really broke my heart. But he said, it's okay, all okay. It is done. Everything has been taken out. It is well. So go back and rest and come back one month later. One month later, I came back just assuming that everything is going to be okay, right? Like, like the church this morning, everything is okay. No more bad news. So I just wanted to get good news and say bye-bye. He suddenly said, Jeremy, I'm sorry to tell you that actually, after doing a more detailed test on your tumor, we found out that you have cancer, stage one liver cancer. So I was, I thought all that crushing was done. And now you're telling me um, this new news? But praise God till today, there's no sign of cancer in my body anymore. It was just uh, a little scare or warning in that sense. So it's 2021, I've been going for my regular checks and praise God, there's nothing wrong with me. So think about all this. Jesus just reminded me that through all this crushing and testing for my life, personally, I was reminded in Psalms 90 verse 12, it says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. That moment gave me a new reason for being alive and a new chapter began. 
Friends, today, I shared with you that testimony because I just wanted you to understand that this is something that I personally uh, resonate with, with what the Word is saying to me. I hope you catch it as well. If you feel that today you just don't have the strength to go on anymore, think about this. A good teacher, when they give you a test, a good teacher will not give you a test to teach you a new topic because he has already taught you how to pass the test, right? Isn't that true? When you go through a test, it is actually a, a something that has been taught to you before already. It's not a new thing. What more Jesus, the perfect teacher, when he allows that crushing to happen, that situation in your life to happen, he is not trying to teach you something new in that sense. He has already taught all of us how to go through this crushing. How? How then? It's written in the Bible, in verse 10. The second part says, Be faithful, even to the point of death. Be faithful, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Stand firm in Christ. Stand firm in Christ. Do not give up because that is the key to pass this situation in your life before going into the next chapter. Standing what fuels you will fuel you to go through the crushings of life. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger as you stand firm in Christ. Now, after hearing all this, the main question comes is this, which is my final what. What will you what will you do, friends? Because it ends here in the church, uh, the letter to the church of Smyrna, it ends with this. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. Remember just now, I showed you this balloon that what fills you will fuel you. This is like your life. Okay, it depends, it really depends on what you fill your life with. And in life, there's persecutions that is about to happen, the crushing, and this, these things here represents the persecution that is about to happen or is already happening. Okay, so this little thing here, this is your life that is filled with Jesus, that you're putting your faith all in Jesus, the right things. However, some of you now you have a choice. You want to fill your life with everything else other than Jesus, other than Jesus Christ as Lord. You want to fill it with probably your experiences, fill it with um, good moral values, good principles. Nothing wrong with that. It's just that all these things is just lacking that one key thing, which is Jesus. And all of us will go through a certain crushing. And right now, what you feel in your life will really determine what the outcome will be. And the choice is yours. So as you go through life, as you go through persecution, what is going to happen? You might not be able to go through the crushing and, 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 and come out well. You might not. But with Jesus, you can still go. But 
it doesn't mean that as you go through the crushing with Jesus, you will not get hurt. You might. You might still have the scars of life. You might still feel the pain. But when that crushing comes, you will not be broken. You will not explode in that sense. You will be able to withstand it. Friends, today, after hearing all this, after hearing what Jesus can do for you, what will you do? What will you do? And to be honest, friends, the crushings that you're going through, that all of us are going through right now, is just a glimpse of the crushing and persecution that all of us will endure at the second coming of Christ. Remember a couple of weeks back when Pastor Chu mentioned about the overview in the seven churches that here in SIBKL, we are not here to just preach a feel good message that after you go off, you feel good. No, we want to speak the truth that comes from the word of God. And the truth today in Revelations, it says that persecution will happen. Persecution will happen, friends. Let's all be ready. But it doesn't mean that we won't be able to endure it. We can if we put our faith in Jesus. Just like the church, the, the people in the church of Smyrna, they stood firm because they have Jesus. So once again, whose side will you be on? Will you be on Jesus' side or the world's side? What will you do? What will you do, friends? Finally, you know, the name Smyrna actually comes from a product that Smyrna is very famous of. They, they have plenty of. And this product is harvested by repeatedly hitting and wounding the trees, the bark of the tree, and then it will bleed and a, and, and a gum will come out and this resin will actually come out. And this sweet resin is a very sweet smelling resin. It is called myrrh. Yes, right. Myrrh. All of you now, oh, myrrh. Yes, myrrh is a sweet, sweet smelling resin that is used for perfume and even uh, anointing. And it was also given to Jesus, remember, by the wise man. It has a very sweet smell. Myrrh can only be found, can only be uh, uh, taken in that, in that sense from the tree when the tree is being crushed and wounded many, many times. Today, this is a reminder for all of us to remain faithful in Jesus. No one else in Jesus. Because when our crushing comes and we remain in Jesus, the Bible says what? That we will come out victorious. That's right. We will come out victorious. It didn't say how long, but we, we know that we will come out victorious. And the greatest victory that we can have with Jesus is that we can sit on the throne with Jesus and have dominion when He comes again. Amen? Right. We can have that dominion. And when we have that dominion with Jesus, we will no longer be crushed. No longer be crushed. Wow. 
Isn't that something that all of us yearn for to be able to just go through this crushing and come out victorious? So friends, today, as as I've said all this, at the end of the day, it is your choice. What will will you do? And I, I, I hope that some of you, maybe at this period, you feel that, hey, it makes so much sense. The Word of God makes so much sense, but I, I do not have this Jesus at this point of time. I, I don't have this Jesus. I'm going through so much crushing, crushing, but I do not have this Jesus. Today, friends, is an opportunity for you. Those who have an ear, let them hear. Friends, if you want to accept Jesus in your life today to help you through your crushings, to help you through this this moment in your life that you just feel that you have no more exit. You just do not know what to do. If you do not have this Jesus, can I just invite you to to accept this Jesus into your life? And if that is you, can I just invite you to take your hand, to just put it in your heart. Put it at your heart so that it's it's just a sign that you want Jesus to be Uh, you want to accept Jesus in your life. And for those of you who, if your friend or your family member at home has put their hand to your heart, can you just gather together, put your hands over there and repeat this prayer together, all of us together. Alright, so put your hands to your heart and we will repeat this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I come to you in prayer to ask for forgiveness of my sins. I admit that I am a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for those of you who said this prayer for the very first time. We are all rejoicing with you because you have accepted Jesus into your life. And for a second group of people today, you have Jesus in your life. You have filled your life with the right things with Jesus, but the crushing seems to be taking so much out of you and you just find it so tired. I cannot go through this anymore. Friends, it's okay. It's okay to cry out for help. And today, would you allow us, the church, the the pastors and, and the leaders to pray for you? to pray for you, to to, to help you through this season that we might not have the answer but we just want to be a helping hand to you. So if that is you today that you're going through the crushing and you have not given up but you're at the verge of giving up, can I just invite you to join us in our online altar call that allow us, if you can, allow us the honour to pray for you. Amen, church. Amen. And also, one thing that we can learn about the Church of Smyrna is that whatever crushing, whatever persecution that came their way, they stood firm. And for the rest of us, we're going to end by just singing this song, Champion. And as, as the song is being sung, can I just invite you to just close your eyes and think of the words, listen to the words, and not just say it out, but Listen first, because this this song is so powerful for this season that we are champions when we put our faith in Jesus. Amen.